Elvira is really just a goth Dolly Parton. Change my mind. Hmm. 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 <laughs> Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Coming to you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Ish. Ish. Actually, it's the first rain, really, of our of the winter. Didn't didn't see that one coming. I know one wants to hear us complain, but even the, even so our rain is just it's a drizzle. But hey. But still, <laughs> watch out for those oily streets. It's, it's a drizzler. It's a drizzle. But hey, that means that, hey everyone, this is Liza, me, Liza, got to sit alone in the garage <laughs> for most of the day. Aww. Uh But you know what? That's okay because that's my commitment to the Recycle Garage. I get up, I'm out there in the morning to open it up, rain or shine, and uh, I, I cleaned up, straightened up, fixed some stuff until Emma got there to keep me company. And of course, that means that Emma's here. Hello, darling. Yes. And every morning I get up and pour my Cheerios into a bowl and add milk. And that is my commitment to breakfast every day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and speaking of true commitment, the one misfit I can always expect (laughs) that he will show up. It's Bagel. Hello, yes, I am here, as as usual. So how's life in Velveeta today, Bagel? Um, it's been kind of overcast. Um yes. you know, kind of kind of a quiet day. I was thinking about doing some yard work and I did a little bit, but not much. And I mm. thought about working on some bikes, but I didn't do anything. So well, it's just been a quiet day. Lazy day. Yeah, I think I needed it. It was it was crazy at work this week, so yeah. I think I just needed some downtime. Well, I was glad I had the time because I went through our tool drawers. I cannot oh. tell you how many American wrenches I found in the metric section and vice versa. Oh, I hate I it. I don't when understand. That like, we have one, I, I created one drawer that is all the American things. Like, I pulled it all out of circulation, ah. all the American things <laughs> Allen wrenches, open wrenches, sockets. They're all in one drawer. Yet they managed to migrate into the other drawers. I don't know how. Well, you know, you should put some like American flag stickers on that drawer so everybody knows that's where they go. <laughs> yeah, well, it does say American drawer, but maybe people don't understand why it says that. Yeah, you need the need the flag. It's the freedom drawer. <laughs> it is the freedom drawer. Yes, the freedom drawer. Uh, but I did get some stuff done today. Um, and we do have an interesting guest joining us uh a little in a little bit, uh, to answer a lot of my questions. But today is a day that I am I'm seeking advice and 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 answers to other questions. So this first one, Emma doesn't know about this, but Emma, I have a piece of paper in my hand. Yes, an honor and I'm, to the I'm, names I'm seeking, of your enemies. I'm seeking advice about this. Okay. Um. Yeah, and interesting. A lot of things I'm seeking advice about on this show are, all have legal ramifications. I will say, guidance, darling. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, you know, when we were over in England having a great time. Yes. What happened? Well, I got a letter in the mail from the Uh-oh. Metropolitan Police. What did you do? Oh, dear. I 
got a speeding ticket. There are cameras Uh-oh. all over that country. Yes, there are. And I was aware of it because our GPS would tell you when a camera was coming up. And and I thought, you know, in general, people in England don't drive like ja- like assholes. Like it was pretty, it was pretty pleasant and easy yes. to drive. And people followed. I I didn't feel a need to speed. Like <laughs> I went with the flow usually. Oh God. But, I did get a ticket, and this was uh, in London for yes. doing twenty-eight and a twenty. Oh, that's quite mm. chunky. And I'm like, why is there even a twenty? I don't know. Maybe we were passing uh, a church on a Sunday, or I, or a school on a Monday. I don't. I don't remember. Maybe we we're passing something that had like a special. Yeah, twenty's pretty low, right? Be, well, uh, you know, if you're passing a church, Episcopalians don't move very quickly. So I think that's good reason. To lower so, the speed limit to 20. So what do they want from you? So there was just a picture of the license plate and the back of me and the bike. So the first letter I got said, we need you to acknowledge that this is you and provide us with your personal information, including your driver's license number. Yes. I did that. I said, yes, That's this me. is me. This is all my information. Because I did not want to leave the rental company on the hook. No, of course. They would have been on the hook if I said, no, it wasn't me, right? So I said, yes, it's me. So I got the following uh, letter. This is a letter from... This is the follow-up. Metropolitan Police. Ms. Liza Miller... Yep. Blah, blah, blah. Invitation letter, an alternative to penalty points or prosecution. You were identified as being the driver of a motor vehicle registration, blah, and of alleged offence. Okay. And the uh, education's national speed awareness course. Oh, you've got to do this. <laughs> so I've, it's been, I've been told I need to take this course or I can incur points on my license and, and penalty fees. So my question is, what can they do to me? What can they do to me? See, Bagel's got a look on his face like... Well, ah. if you want to go back to England again... Yeah, but they're not going to keep my driver's license in the system over there. Uh, oh, they might. They will probably suspend your driving privileges. And if you come back, you'll find that... If you get any sort no of one official, e- no one no. ever asked to see my license there at any point. But if point. they do, then you might yeah. get arrested. It's uh, not so good. So I, I, I believe the rental company's off the hook because I acknowledge this was me. But uh, this letter saying, "Yeah, I need to take this course." I'm like, "But now, do is, I?" Is this an online course or an in-person course? It is an online course. Okay. So why not just because I don't want course? to? And what can they do to me? Neener, neener, well, neener. But, but this That's is my. Uh, but Liza, this is an opportunity for a cultural experience. I um, feel so as well. Whole, Who will uh, get to experience the best in British driver education? No, I think it's. I think this no, is not. This is no, an opportunity. I'm you with Bagel. No, why are you asking that. our opinion if you made your mind up? You're not going to do I'm anything. I'm not interested in taking that. Class. No, the question is, can they Can they get me? <laughs> yes, yes. And they can. And I'll tell you one, a couple of things. Bagel's yeah. absolutely right that um, they can basically ban your driving privileges if you find yourself in England. That's going to be a very awkward position because they will keep yep. you driving. The thing is... 
back in the old days, let's go back. I may have just bought a ticket to England soon. Right. So <laughs> um, if we go back 40 years, you know, everything was on little bits of paper and filed and it's like, oh, God, yeah. Now, with the press of a keyboard button on a computer, all your information is just it's right there. Right there. I don't think... You think every Swede and Spaniard and American who's received a ticket are in the system? No, but I'll tell you what will happen. I'll tell you exactly what will happen. Is you'll go back to England Mm -hmm. and everything will be gas and gators. And you'll either get pulled over for speeding or, you know, you might just have an encounter with another motorist or something. If and I am driving a vehicle and if I get pulled over, serious you're trouble. saying that um, they may have me in the system. I don't think they will. Have me you the are in the system. You are in the system. I guarantee as of now, you're in the system. Um, yes, Bacon. Well, I was also going to say you might not need to wait that long because once you're in the system, if you are a scofflaw who has failed to do your due diligence, that you know after you've admitted that you you violated the law, yeah. uh, or are they going to let you even let you back in the country when you get to customs? Oh, for a speeding ticket? Yes, they're not going to withhold you for a speeding ticket. Um, they only withhold rule you for of law, Liza, rule of law. Well, you see, the thing is. <laughs> I, you know, what Bagel's saying is not that far-fetched because these mm. things have a habit of snowballing on themselves. Yes, yes except and they don't. At, at, they're two different completely departments. Gonna, one has my passport. I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, no, I'm going to tell you a very, very okay. brief story about a friend of mine who parked his motorcycle very, very badly in Benidorm, English motorcycle. Parked it very, very badly. Got a got a parking ticket. And, of course, was a scofflaw about it. And back then, me and my friends used to go to southern Spain quite regularly because we all had very, very big bikes and we could make the jaunt quite quickly. And I think 18 months later, we came into Benidorm and we went off and went to the local British pub and we came out. There's a policeman writing down the details of my mate's bike because he had the same bike. Your bike? Yes. Oh, you better come with me. Threw him in jail. Because what had happened was the parking fine had been unpaid and it had gathered, it had accrued more and more and more fines, more and more and more fines. And when it got to... I think 250 euros. It stopped being a civil matter and became a criminal matter. Well, and then they, and I mean, he sorted it out, but he had to write quite a big check well, to get himself out of, out of clink all over a $10 parking ticket that just accrued and accrued. So you watch your step here. So this lady. is about jurisdiction. And I had something uh, similar in that, uh, back in my days when I lived in Boston, I used to work in Harvard Square. Yeah. And it's very hard to find any parking in yes. Harvard Square. There's no motorcycle parking. You can't park on the sidewalk. It's expensive to park in a lot. So I'd park on the campus. And I was getting ticket after ticket from the school who were then sending follow-up saying, I was not 
going to be allowed to graduate or buy more books if I did not pay these tickets. Yeah, but they're not saying that in this. Letter. I know, but I'm, but the point is that was all they could ever do. I wasn't a student there. This is a so, little. This is the metropolitan. Could do anything to me. This is the plod. This is the metropolitan police. Um, yes. It is slightly different, Liza, because they have jurisdiction. Because were you riding a motorcycle on the streets of London? Yeah. Were you riding it too fast? Yeah. Being American can't save you. Oh. <laughs> well, this is why I want to hear from other people. They've experienced this. Yeah, let's do a poll. Um, I, I mean, I don't have any immediate plans to be driving in England in the near future. Well, it's not a matter of whether you drive or not, though. It's it's a matter of whether you try to come into the country when no, you have bagel, the two are outstanding not. legal matters. No. no, I'm serious, Liza. They will they will attach that information to your passport because they have identified you as the perpetrator. No, and they've I'm sure they have your record. They don't the have system. my passport number in the uh, police system, Liza. They don't. I like Call the Scotland sound. Yard and ask them. I do like the sound of that, though. <laughs> yeah, again, Liza Miller, perp. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, so I want to hear from people to see if they've experienced something like this. Because, um, yeah, I don't think that they can do anything. I, fi- I find it an interesting situation. So there is that. Um, oh, uh, let's see. Here's, let's see, I've got a list of things to update. So um, here's another thing. Well, as a follow-up, um, I few, it was a few weeks ago, it was a few months ago, I think, I was talking about my sidecar from, oh, yeah, God, from vintage is, days. Yes. So, just a rehash. Oh, I mean, yeah. Bagel, you saw it. So I ordered a custom sidecar made to fit my, my little Benelli uh, that I had sent down to the shop in Virginia for them to custom make the mount and attach this sidecar to it. Had it sent back yes. to Cleveland, where yes. Phil from Cleveland Moto, thanks Cle- uh, Cleveland Moto guys for storing that. Pronounced it lethal. And then got there <laughs> and tried it, and we all tried it. Bagel, you tried it, we all tried it, and we all deemed it, within a very short period, a death trap. Right? Is that fair to say, Bagel? Yeah, I, I didn't even get to try it. I just looked at it and I could tell it was that was that was not. Yeah, the motorcycle was mounted, canted away from the sidecar, which yeah. meant that you could just tilt your head to the left and the whole thing would tip over. I yeah, mean, it not, was not to mention the fact that the 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 sidecar suspension wasn't even moving because it was installed correctly. Upside, yeah, I mean, there was just one thing after another. Right, and we, I mean, we we all tried it. We tried to. Fix it, and within a few hours, just completely removed it because. Well, it was, and it was damaged too because it bent, right? Yeah, it was just absolutely unrideable. So yeah. I <clears throat> afterwards reached out to the manufacturer and said, "Hey, I had problems. Uh, first question is, did you ever try this thing? Because <clears throat> it was absolutely unrideable." Um, sent him, you know, e- email just saying the whole story. I, I- Here's what we found. Here's the people I was with, an engineer, a mechanic, people with experience with sidecars. They all agreed this was mounted poorly. It was assembled improperly. Um, we, we tried our best to solve it, to fix it, and deemed it absolutely unrideable and removed it. Where do we go from here? Which 
I got no response. And I sent multiple emails. And then he finally said, do you have any pictures I can see? I didn't have a lot of pictures, unfortunately, because we weren't documenting this. We were, you know, vintage days having fun. But I had so many people there witnessing and trying to fix it and playing with it and and riding it and trying it that I, I felt like I had enough people in the know. But you didn't give him what he wanted. So I sent a few pictures oh, okay. and more description, but I didn't I didn't document it well because we immediately removed it so that I could ride it the rest of the weekend. So it was no longer attached to the bike. Um, and so he just stopped communicating with me and I continued to be professional and send him emails. Right. Um, and trying to call him um, saying, hey, I really want to solve this work what you know what can we do um and he just chose to not respond so i looked into small claims court and that was where the last time that i talked about this and uh checked in in virginia i'd have to be present i cannot do it via zoom and if i have any um uh you know um witnesses they would have to be present and it's like it's just not feasible. Witnesses are in different states. The bike is in a different state. The sidecar isn't attached, you know. Um, and just the cost to fly there to to be there for it, it wasn't feasible. So um, Phil from Cleveland Meadow, I asked him what he would do as a business owner, what would be the next step. And he gave me two bits of advice that I followed. One was file a report with the Better Business Bureau. Yes. And the other was file a report with the, um, the Attorney General of Virginia. Right. Which I did. I filled out the forms, sent everything. Both of these uh, departments will send your complaint to the business asking them if they would like to respond and if they would like some assistance in case I am the hard to deal with, you know, customer, they're willing to be in the middle to help work it out. I would add a third to that. I would uh, reach out to the Bureau of Automotive Repair, Mm, the BAR, and all, um, all of us in the industry um, have to report to the Bureau of Order of Motive Repair and actually register with them in order to have a functioning workshop. I will and, look into that. So, And the Bureau of Automotive Repair, are actually, they are your friends as the consumer because they okay. monitor um, complaints. And while they don't have, I'm not going to say they don't have teeth, but in a case like yours, they would monitor a business for multiple complaints about similar things. And if they did, they'd just pull their BAR license. And if you don't have a Bureau of Automotive Repair license, you you aren't really a legit shop. You can't be working. I don't know if they do repairs there. They do custom bike builds. They build like cafe racers and stuff. No, that's repair. Okay. Well, yeah. I, yeah if, you, I, so, if you lay your if you lay your hands on motorbikes, you are a repair facility. So I did get response from both uh, the AG and Better Business Bureau, and they said that the the business did not respond to them. So he has just chosen to ignore all communications. This really uh, get this makes me mad. This is not a way to do business. I have stayed professional and pleasant and seeking resolution and his choice was to ignore all communication so i am now going to say 
who this company is. Um, in no, that, no, just, I don't just, want just, anyone else to get into to, into the same situation. This is not a way to treat your customers. And I don't want well, anyone else to get into this. So that's all I'm saying is, is the company is called Industrial Moto. They do custom bike builds and they do sidecars. Where are they based? In Virginia. Uh, industrialmoto.com. And um, it really frustrates me that they would treat a customer this way. I'm not even getting into the amount of communication it took to get this built and how many deadlines they set and failed to meet. I never once gave them a deadline and they kept telling me when things would be ready, when things would be done and then not communicating with me. And I'd follow up like a month later. Hey, I haven't heard from you. Oh yeah, we're just behind and we're, you know, it, they were rough doing business with the entire time. I had no deadline really. I had a year to get it done. So it didn't matter that it took them six months, you know? Uh, and here's the thing too. When Phil said that, you know, as soon as he got the bike sidecar, he tried it and he said it was unrideable at the moment at that time, but he said it came back with a dead battery, which tells me in all likelihood, they did not try it after they assembled it and that they just assembled it and got it out of there and and sent it off. So uh, yeah, industrial meadow, I would avoid doing business with them. That's it. There's not uh, other than thank you, Emma, for the suggestion Bureau of auto repair. This is, you know, also been for me um, uh, as a consumer, like what are my legal avenues um, to protect that can protect me? Um, yes, I did not pay with a credit card and, you know, I had paid in advance um, because, you know, it was a custom build, like all those things. I, I can't seek those out, financial institutions to help me. Um, but, you know, a lesson learned. So now the next step is, hey, Bagel, are you going to be driving out to Cleveland anytime in the near future? It's possible I might go out for Vintage Motorcycle Days next summer. Any chance you can bring a sidecar back to California with you? A sidecar? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a, a Benelli, but I suppose I could find a way to, to bring it back. So that's my next plan is get that out of you know Phil's hair. Get that back here and do something stupid with it here. Well, I mean, mm. I think with the knowledge we have here, we can we can figure out something to do with it. Maybe attach it to the Amigo. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. Something dumb. It's going to need some structural reinforcement before that, but yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. I've, got, I've got a nice MIG welder. But unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, that was... I think eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah, it's, I mean eighteen hundred dollars, including the two hundred fifty dollars for the additional the seat and grab rails that they forgot to install and did not create any mounting points for. Like just just mm. that right there, as a yeah. consumer, like come on, you sold me something I cannot attach. Yeah, that's super slack. Yeah, so that's why I'm calling them out. You know, shame on you. Industrial Moto, you really failed in my book. Right. Zero out of five stars doing business with you. (laughs) Yeah. So that's that's that. Let's see. Oh. (laughs) Liza names them and shames them. So uh, (laughs) speaking of shaming, should I share my my Craigslist uh, ad? Absolutely not. 
What? No. What do you mean? No. Ooh, Bagel took some pictures. Thank you, Bagel. Why no, shouldn't share? I want to share it. Don't go into no. details. The, Is this someone what are you talking about? About your response to the scammer? Well, I don't have to say it all. I'm going to say no, the conversation. No, yeah, well, I mean, yes. I mean, you can. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh tell. Okay, here's the deal. <laughs> so, at Africa Gym for Sale, I had originally just posted it on Facebook Marketplace. And um, then this week, uh, I posted it also onto Craigslist. There's pros and cons of dealing with either of these. And one of them is you get scammers who reach out to you. So I have all the red flags up. And, you know, the argument is everybody knows that Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist are the Wild West. Everybody knows that. If you post an ad, you're going to get this kind of behavior. So you just suck it up, soldier. Yes. So I also know that you're not supposed to put your email or your uh, your phone number in there. But I did because I like to chum the water. <laughs> oh my oh this so, gets better bagel <laughs> so i did get a text and it said gorgeous africa twin question mark question mark because the title of my ad is gorgeous africa twin and i didn't respond to it because that was not a question then there was a follow-up of another question mark so i responded Hello, I'm here to answer your questions. How can I help you? All right. I got a response mm-hmm. that said, is there any additional mechanical work to be done besides general maintenance? What is your exact location? This was my first flag that went up because on the Craigslist ad, it has my exact location. Downtown Santa Cruz. So it's already listed mm-hmm. in the ad. So I'm like, hmm, Okay. So I responded, this is a perfect running bike in Santa Cruz. Where are you located? So the next flag that went up, the phone number they're using has a Atlanta area code. So why is somebody from an Atlanta area code responding to a Santa Cruz ad, right? But, you know, sometimes people migrate out here. So he responds, it sounds great. Let's set up for tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. So this was on a Thursday. Uh, he says, I will request a day off before f- finishing my shift this evening. Could you please send me the DECH report? I'm in Dunville, California. Here's the next flag. Please send me the report. So this, now I know this is the scam. Uh, if everyone is, is, If anyone has encountered this, where you list a bike and they... Requests that you get a report to prove that it is all up and up. Well, hang on. I'm, now, I'm report. not going to go on to a link. What is it? A D? So, well, I looked up D-E-C-H report isn't a thing. I looked mm-hmm. that up. It's not a thing. So I said, hey, no need to take time off work. I'm only available on Sundays. Just in case. <laughs> just in case. I'm pretty sure this is a scam, but just in case. And he comes back. Can you provide me with a report? Here's the link. Oh, by the way, what is your name? My name is Andrew. So now I'm like, all right, we've got the link. So now I know absolutely for sure it is a scam. So now that I've got the the hook in the water, I want to set that hook in. So I say, (laughs) certainly, (laughs) how much does it cost? $1,000. 
And would you like to set a time on Sunday to see it? We are having a barbecue if you'd like to come for food. Bring a swimsuit if you want to go in the pool. Me and my brothers get pretty competitive playing Marco Polo, so bring your A-game. Do you have any food allergies? <laughs> okay. So now he, resp- children now. Yeah. he responds, yeah, it's 40 bucks only, not even to be honest, but I can only do one thing for you when I will be there, so I will pay you back for the report. Sure, Sunday works. Here's the link again. Okay. So now I'm like, I'm all in, right? I'm all in. So I say, sure, you can't stay. We need one more to even up sides. We're also going to set up the slip and slide, and I got a whole case of baby oil. Who's ready to party? (laughs) By the way, are you single? I have a sister that just got out of jail and is trying to meet a nice guy. You seem cool and all. Last guy who came to look at the bike got lucky, if you know what I mean. I'm not making any promises or anything, but... And I said, can you send me a pic first? I'll show it to my sis and see what she thinks. And he's no longer replying (laughs) at this point. But you (laughs) sent him a pic. So I'm not done yet. (laughs) So then I'm like, he's not replying. I'm like, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get that fish back on. I said, Hey, just checking in. What, what should I tell my sister? You in or not? (laughs) And I'm like, Andrew, why haven't you replied? This is like two days later. Why haven't you replied? Is everything okay? I'm worried for you. Please respond. (laughs) (laughs) Well, He's gone. He's gone at this point. Um, yep. So I had to send a follow follow up, uh, which um, I'll see if they. So I said, um, "Oh no, just checking in." No, said, don't. Bagel. Hold, hold on. I said, "If Liza sends you a link, do hold not on. open no, it." I'm not going to send the link. I just said, mm-hmm. "Hey, my sister is DTF. What's your ETA?" And sent a picture. Of uh, well, I, I'm not even gonna say what we googled, but we googled um, just a horrible uh, uh, phrase of words that got a horrible picture of a woman, and uh, sent it to him as just a a farewell to Andrew, the scammer. I hope he at least enjoyed. So, I mean, let's approach this from a scientific point of view. What? What is the end game for these? So you're saying there's no such thing as a DETC report or DC, No, there's no such... I don't know what a DECH, but I've had many of these companies come back to me, and there so are a lot of these so companies. It's like a fake Carfax for motorcycles. Right, 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 right. I see. And so basically <laughs> the idea being is you pay 40 bucks for nothing. Yeah. And you get uh, well, this... Actually, well, you give them all your info. No, the, you, you, you give them all your info, and then they charge you thousands of dollars in your credit card. Ah. That's what they're doing. That's the end game. So it's not 40 bucks. It's a no. lot of bucks. <laughs> no, no, no. Yes, 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 yes. It's all the bucks. It's all your bucks. Okay, mm-hmm. well, very good. Yeah, so watch out for those scams. But, hey, I always like to have fun. Yeah, I'm I'm rather disappointed you haven't sold it yet. Um, No, it's a tough market right now. But that's okay, you know, it, it bikes in this range. I mean, when I had my Road King around the same price, that took a long right. time to sell. Things in this price are hard. Are hard. Well, I mean, while. ultimately, it's 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 finding somebody who's got 10 large in their back pocket. It's, yeah, you, you can know. sell a $500 bike every day, 
but you know, the higher the price goes, the smaller and smaller the market is for it. So right. you just got to be patient. Um, I know. Let's get to, I'd like to do a little product review. Emma, you have a product there. So, <laughs> you know how much I love buying from these Chinese websites, right? Yes. So, I hadn't tried Timu yet. So, I tried Timu. Mm-hmm. And I bought a couple things. Um, and uh, one of them, let's see, one of them was a nice sign for Emma's shop. And it, it actually, it is a very nice sign. Just a little tin sign. And it's got a cat on it, which makes me very, very happy. Cat and a dog on a motorcycle. Yes. Um, so it's it looks like a vintage BMW motorcycle. And there's a dog. And I think, oh, is he a Basset or a... No, I think it's a Basset or a Beagle. And he's riding the bike, which isn't a good thing. And sitting on his head is a very happy-looking cat. And it says, it says at the top, everything will kill you, so choose something fun. Yes, it's just a little tin sign. Yeah, it's a little tin sign. It's, 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 $5.27. It's, I think it, it's going to go in my little showcase at the shop. I think for the entire order, I paid $2 shipping. So it was Yeah, there you go. Uh, the next thing I got were some hand guards that I put on to the Oh, you triumph. put you put on the <laughs> yeah, Triumph? Yeah, well, Emma did. But um, I was trying to find something that wasn't too... Uh, something that went on to the Triumph Scrambler that aesthetically that were aesthetically pleasing. And a lot of the hand guards either were very motocross or very like... Um, uh, you know, they just were different styles, you know. And well, I, 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 so I found some just simple, plain, nothing fancy. No, I, I have to say, actually, I think you chose quite well. And they're very, very plain black handguards, Bagel. But they've got this this nice reflective amber stripe True. on them. Yeah, mm. and really in quite good taste for Liza. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. paid seventeen dollars for those. Those are cool. But the other thing I tried. So um, I got one of these little air compressors. Have you seen these? It's a little handheld. It's like the size of a walkie-talkie. Do you want me to make the noise? Oh. <laughs> it's a horrible noise. <laughs> you you got to power it on. <laughs> but right, Ferris says about the size of a walkie-talkie. It charges with a USB cord. And um, what I like about it, A, it, it, it reads your your air pressure so it'll tell you what the air pressure is when you plug it in second you can set what air pressure you want it to go to and then when you turn it on it has an automatic shut off when it gets there very simple little handheld how much does that thing weigh emma oh nothing half a pound maybe oh yeah if that half a pound nothing can i take it to vietnam with me maybe all right yeah yeah no it i this and that did i tell you how much that cost emma how much? Fifteen dollars and three cents. Fifteen dollars and three cents. Well, hmm. there you have it. So that was like, oh, I, I think that that came out pretty good, and we were testing it on a lot of people's tires today. Right. Um, Do you think it's accurate? I think so because uh, Henry knew what his tire pressure should be, and the front, and his rear one was spot on. So thirty six forty two. No, he was running the like forty on his rear. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway. Um. 
Just a little product review. Um, I, it's just a little air compressor. I think this is a good item for motorcyclists to have and scooters oh, too. Yeah. And and by yeah, I mean it doesn't weigh that much. It's a little bit bigger. Like Jim bought a real one. Uh, I think he paid like sixty bucks for his. And what a great little tool to have. But I love that it's got its own built-in battery, so you don't have to plug it into anything. Just a portable unit and, uh, but, yeah, portable air compressor. But but you do do need to make sure you plug it in before you need it, though. Yeah, you charge you charge it up, but it's yeah. it's suitable for car tires. Wow. I cool. know, right? Yeah. So that is my product review. Emma, what do you think? You, you think that's a good No, I good mean, deal? I think... As with all of these things, I mean, you hold it in your hand, and I mean, it's it it it's a nice looking thing. I mean, the, the the quality is a little questionable. If it holds up, it's a good buy. But if it breaks the first time you really use it, the thing I find interesting about it, it has little holes in the side because it has to pull air in. Um, it's not there's not much inside of it. Like it looks like they could have made it much smaller, right? When well, you look through it. it. I don't know. Well, yeah, but the thing is, whenever you have something with a motor inside it, you need a certain amount of real estate mm. to keep the motor cool. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of ventilation. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, I have another shipment coming from um, AliExpress. Oh, God. Did you see that trike I posted? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm ha- like, I'm, ha- I'm having a hard time resisting that. Well, as with anything, you see, we've come across this before with things from AliExpress, is the scale is often not what you expect. Things are either (laughs) a lot larger than you expect them to be or considerably smaller. See, I remember Liza ordered a beach towel. And when it arrived, it was the size of a face flannel. Conversely, she ordered this thing with a green chopper in a wave. What was it? The floor mat. And it was about 10 times the size you expected oh, it to be. Yeah. No, no, no. I knew the size. Of okay. That. You knew yeah. the size. But I suspect that thing is quite small. Um, I mean, it looks giant. So, all right. Hold on. So, this is on AliExpress. Um, it's, do you have you, did you have, have you looked it up? I got the link on our Facebook page. Yes. The Black Knight Gen 2 1500 commemorative edition. Look at this ad. So, this is like an apocalyptic three-wheeler. But Emma, I'm looking all over, and they only want what? How much was it? $1,500? Yep. $1,500. I was looking at that engine in the back. I mean, it's made to look like that's a, a small car engine or something. There's no, there's no point. In, you can look at the pictures. There's no good description. There's no good description in there. But the pictures... Like I, I'm looking at this and going, I'm for fifteen hundred bucks. I'm almost. I just want to bite just to see what you get. I mean, look at I bought a sidecar and <laughs> lost on that. But so I mean, look at this. So actually, here we go. It's got something of a description because I mean, I just rolled my eyes, and so here we go. The Black Knight Gen 2, mm-hmm. 1500 commemorative edition, three-wheeled, 1,000cc motorcycle is limited to three yeah. units worldwide. <laughs> wow. And I'm trying that's, to, an, that's exclusivity right there. Yeah. Three units worldwide. And I'm trying to figure out, so it's got a name on the back. 
And it's yes. called the Godfire. <laughs> yeah, the Godfire. <laughs> I looked. I, I looked that up. I can find anything on the Godfire train. Mm-hmm. And, and how a, many cc's is this? One thousand cc's. Thousand oh, cc's. 1, I'm trying okay. to figure out what sort of engine it might have in it. Have, Bagel, you gotta if you if you go to our uh, recycle Facebook page, you'll find the link. I think it's like two posts ago. Um, mm, let me see. I mean, it's so tempting because it's atrocious. Emma, how would you describe that? Atrocious. Something you take to like Burning Man in the apocalypse? Well, no, it appears to have an armchair. <laughs> no, I mean you you appear to be sitting in an armchair. I'm still I'm still trying to figure out what engine this thing might yeah. have in it. Um It's a very, very odd looking there's thing. There's a there's a lot of things there for fifteen hundred bucks. There is a lot of things here. Somebody has put a lot of effort into making this look as appalling as I, possible. Like, I'm assuming that oh. that's not what you're actually going to get. Oh, that's not pretty. <laughs> but for 1500 I mean, bucks, it looks, like, it looks like they stuck an office chair on Oh, wait, on how much is the shipping? Because a lot of times they'll say $10,000. No, 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 no. The shipping's only $100. <laughs> okay. How are they shipping that for $100? But, you know, I mean, these things like... Is it, is it come in kit form? It doesn't <laughs> have a front know. brake. There's no front brake. Oh, yeah. At all. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it looks like something that somebody has made in their shed. I yeah. don't know. It's so tempting, isn't it? I mean, no. those are car tires, right? Yes. I mean, uh, just that, for that no. chassis, that's worth 1500 bucks. No. No, Liza, that is... It's got a... Is that a stick shift? You don't know who made that, that a stick shift? or what yeah, they made it out so. of? I think that's a stick shift there. I I, I really... This, I don't I don't even this, know. Or is that an e bad idea written all over it. So, <laughs> I know. No, I think... Uh, I think this might be the worst idea you've ever had, Liza. It has no, cl- no clutch lever on the handlebars. Um... So it's a CVT. So it, I, yeah, I don't know. And you, I'm trying to look at the engine. There's some big suspension thing in the back. I don't know. It's atrocious. It's just appalling. Wait. Yeah. Those are Brembo brakes. Oh, you think they're going to be real? <laughs> Do you? Are you sure? <laughs> Do you think they're going to be real? You sure it's, those it's aren't hard, Brembo it's, brakes? It's hard to know. Bromba. It's hard to know what you're actually going to get when you're ordering something off the internet in China. Did you, you never ever, know. Did you ever see that picture I posted a few few months ago of a, a Mickey carburetor? It yes. was such a blatant knockoff. It was great. Well, here's the thing. I I just wish, like, I, I'm so curious. I want to see it. But, you know, um, I wish I had somebody who could really... Uh, assess something and really appraise, you know, if it's worth it or not. Oh, does that kind of person actually exist, though, Liza? Surely not. They they do. They do exist. In fact, I have one of them here joining us. Our guest tonight, it's Amy. Amy, are you there? Oh, are you muted? You're muted, Amy. I'm unmuted. Yay! I'm here now. I can see Amy and I can hear Amy. Hello, dear. Hey. Hi. Hey. Welcome. Uh, hey, Amy. Welcome so, to the Misfits podcast. Hey, exactly. You got Emma over there. It's me, Liza, and there's Bagel over there. Thanks for joining us. 
you are somebody who knows how to appraise things, don't you? I do. I do. I've been uh, in the automotive industry most of all my adult life, but uh, motorcycles come along with that. And I've been a fan of the bike scene for since I was a teenager and would get in trouble for riding on the back of Harleys um, and telling my mom I wasn't. And I'm always getting caught with little grease splatters up the back of my shirt. And I can never figure out how she knew I was on the back of those bikes. But so um, that text you just got, I just sent you the link for the atrocious trike we were just looking at if you wanted to see. Oh, okay. It is safe. It is a safe link. <laughs> uh, I, I'm curious what you, th- what you think of this uh, Chinese built trike uh, abomination. Let's see. I feel, I feel death, death Amy, trap would be inappropriate. They're only asking, well, $1,700. Well, one gets what one pays for. <laughs> Do you think that's at least worth that? Oh, she's looking. Oh, for some reason I'm trying to open the app oh. here. Oh, oh man, I want you to use the app. I can send you just a screenshot if that works better. That might be better because it's... Um, yeah, yeah, don't worry, don't, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll just send you a screenshot. Um, so, yeah, so Amy was referred to us by our friend Mike. You know, Mike yeah. Moore, good friend of the show. We see him at events and oh, stuff. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, 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 that Mike. Because remember, I I had questions about my DMV fees, and he said, I, have, I know somebody who can answer them. So I gave Amy a call and asked her, that question followed by another question followed by another question followed by another question and i'm like wait a minute. you just need to come on the show uh because <laughs> right. i realized she knew how to answer questions all right did you get that that uh what do you I, think i did i i see that uh gem of a whatever <laughs> how, how, um, how bad could it be right yeah wow <laughs> i mean it kind of looks like it's a collaboration of a lot of things going on at once, right? <laughs> right. I, I think a collaboration is a very, very, right? very good way of describing it. And it's listed um, for sixteen hundred. Yeah, uh, and uh, and the shipping is only two hundred from China. A collaboration. I, I'm thinking uh, it might have a little bit of a no. scam. Too, <laughs> yeah, I know. But- no, one hundred and eighteen dollars is shipping. Oh, okay. But it is limited to three units worldwide. <laughs> okay. So well, I see that uh, that value going up. Um, is it like a scale, maybe? Like a one-tenth scale I know, scale it's model? so hard to tell, right? I mean, I know. I'm guessing it will come in a box. And, um, <laughs> yeah. That's well, an interesting one. Well, here's 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 the, the the perk to that. If it does come and it's small, it'll fit right in to the studio. I see that. Yeah. I I feel that it it will come in a box and you can just make it easiest by cutting out the middleman and having it delivered straight to the landfill. Exactly. So delivered in a box straight to the local landfill. And that way you don't get killed. Right. And I I will have to say in my um almost thirteen years of um full time appraisals uh on a lot of custom bikes, um I have not seen one like this. So <laughs> Ooh. So maybe the problem is they're asking too little. If they had asked like ten grand, then maybe they'd actually get some fish to bite. 
you know, um, it does work that way, yeah. believe it or not. And like they say, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's a person uh, for every, every seat. Um, I'd say something <laughs> else, but uh, I don't know how, how kid friendly this it, show is. But if you could describe a trike as being goth, <laughs> this is it. No, this ain't goth. <laughs> it, it's, um, I mean, maybe a little Mad Max in there, yeah. but. Well, I, I like the Mad office Max. chair though. It's it's it's, it's kind of Mad Max meets Office <laughs> Depot. I don't think. Right. It's a, I think it's a gaming chair. It's, you think it's a gaming no, chair? Yeah. Yeah, it could be. There, there's definitely some erector set in there too. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's get to uh, uh, Amy's qualifications. First off, I do want to put in a disclaimer. Amy, we are going to ask you some. DMV related questions and you do not represent the DMV. You do not work for the DMV though. You do have uh, some history and experience with the DMV that qualifies you to, to you've been around the block. We'll we'll just say, yeah, you know, you know how things work. Yeah. So disclaimer, you do not represent the DMV, but you know, you you know, some tricks and of the trade and and tools. So when I first got, remember, um, at the same time, I got two uh, DMV renewals, one for my 2011 Triumph, which is worth about five grand. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time for my 2018 Africa Twin, which is worth like 10, 11 grand. But the Triumph re- renewal was more than the Africa Twin. And I could not understand how or why. And you remember, I couldn't get an answer from the DMV. They're like, um, they couldn't tell me, right? So um, I called Amy and, and she she seemed to have an answer. So Amy, why would the one bike that I just bought that's worth half as much as the other be more renewal fee than the bike I've owned for a few years? So we dug a little deep on this. There was a lot of questions and answers going yeah. back and forth. Um, and that's most likely why you didn't get your answer from going into DMV because they don't, they don't want to step out of their box and explain and kind of dig deep on, on how that camp comes about. But my, my answer and my thought is um, I had asked how long the years were that she had um, active registrations on those yeah. bikes. So the the newer bike that is valued less, it, it was her first year of renewal. Therefore, the rates and the taxes and the fees were based on current market of um, cost. Mm-hmm. And her newer bike that she'd had for several years had already um, kind of matured, so to say. And then as the years went on, um, it does kind of, the renewals do slightly drop um because of they kind of age out with the renewal process um and then so, this, this brought up another uh, this is something that she made me realize i assumed that the dmv is going off of like blue book or right. you know kelly blue book right when we sell a bike everyone says well how much should i put down right and i don't know where i got this from but years ago i said oh they they know that everybody's lying and writing down, you know, 800 bucks. So they're no longer going by what you write down. They're going by what the actual appraised value is. This is something I was told. So I've just been using appraised value. But when I bought the Africa Twin, 
I got it at a very good deal because I bought it directly from Honda North America. So I actually paid less than, you know, what its value was. So the, I believe what you're saying is the DMV took that value I bought it at and have been depreciating it from that value every year, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And so not right. using Blue Book. Okay. And right. this this made me realize like, oh, so I was wrong in assuming that. So the DMV mm-hmm. actually believes the value that you say that you bought something? I, well, yeah. they kind of have to because they can't, they can't tell you that you're lying because when you sign all the documents right at the very bottom of any legal DMV document says that you're signing under, um, you know, the pursuit of perjury. So, um, one thing I did learn is that the DMV, it, they don't govern the law. They just make sure that the right. signatures are there that, that are being signed. And you're saying that you paid 800, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, they really can't question it. Um, They're I, just checking off the boxes. Right. But yep. I, I do want to broach with you, Amy, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, um, People tend to get quite flippant about DMV forms, and it's always worth, as a gentle reminder, it is a legal document, and it has your signature on it. So ultimately, if you go out and buy a $10,000 motorcycle, and you pay that, and you say you were only paid 1000 bucks. And you sign that off on the DMV form, as unlikely yep. as it is, if they wanted to pursue it legally, yep. you're on thin ice. But because yep. you've signed a legal document. But Emma, Correct. what if you were buying a frame? Well, that's and I mean that's it. How do they know you're buying a perfectly good running bike versus a frame? Right. But well, it amounts to the, well, no, you're kind of you're kind of missing the point a little bit, Liza. Mm. If if you are legitimately buying a good bike and undervaluing it on the form, it's a legal document, and as unlikely as it is that they would pursue that, you have broken the law. And if you want to if you want to follow that through and continue lying about it and saying, "Well, it was only a frame, or it was no, crashed, no. or it was that," you're misreading, Emma. Yeah, I haven't committed any fraud. I have always stated correctly the full value. And I, yes, I have, and I am not encouraging people to do so. There what you go. I'm doing is saying. The D- trying to understand how the DMV works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The DMV doesn't know because, Amy, you've encountered that before where it was actually a frame you were yeah. dealing with. It was, it was a vintage uh, BMW bike that I had to take to CHP to get a VIN verification done on it because for some reason they wouldn't take mine. I don't remember the circumstances. I'm a licensed VIN verifier um, still for uh, state of California. Mm-hmm. And I took it there on a trailer and the CHP officer was making these little jabs like, oh, I see it's a $1,000 bike. I'd pay 1000 for it all day long. Ha, ha, ha. Like I was, you know, he saw that I'd put down the value of that. And, um, and I said, well, if you walk around the other side of the bike, you'll see that the cylinders are out of it and it's just a rolling, you know, yeah, rolling, chassis. rolling chassis, basically. <clears throat> but the bottom line is, 
I could have bought it from a friend for a thousand dollars. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, exactly. Right. I so think they do. Would they ever take the time to investigate again? You know, um, it's highly unlikely, but not encouraged to do so because um, it is a legal document. You're signing it. And if somebody turns in a release of liability, you go in and you put down that you paid a thousand dollars for this motorcycle and they turn in the release of liability and, and show that they sold it to you for 5,000 that right there counter, those two will, will contact each other in paperwork process. That happened to me once. Oh, there you go. No, uh, mm. no, I sold a bike. Right. And listed the actual selling price. Person who was registering it called me very pissed off because <laughs> he had lied and put a different amount and got busted. <laughs> so how? And I'm like, I put down what? Like, he's like, no, but nobody does that anymore. Uh-huh. I like, I do. I always put what I. I Absolutely right. his fault. How do we yeah. avoid things like this in the future? You sit down. At the kitchen table with the buyer and seller, you fill out the release of liability and the back of the pink slip together, and then you go on your merry way with each of your half of the document. That seems fair, right, Amy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and I'm not a big fan of selling um, a vehicle or a bike without filling in the back of the title to to the person I'm selling it to, and I'm... Because a lot of times they'll be like, oh, just leave it blank. I'll fill it in because they're going to flip it. They're going to try to resell it without mm-hmm. registering it through their name and having to pay tax. So they just kind of want to shuffle it on to the I've next I've done that buyer. myself. That I, and, I'm just uh, flipping it. Yeah. Which which could, which they can still do even if the title is, is uh, filled exactly. out in the back. They can. But I want to end my involvement in the deal, you know, entirely by... Right, putting somebody's name on it when it leaves my yeah. hands, um, and that's just always kind of been my loophole. Um, but you know, Amy, as as interesting as this is, we've kind of got on to this DMV tack. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of navigate oh. you to. No, I'm not no, done you, with DMV. You're yet. not done with DMV. Not well, done don't make DMV it a DMV yet. show. I'm not done with DMV. <laughs> All right, no, because we've never been able to have somebody do answer questions because there are a lot of gray areas with the DMV. And you can't oh, get yeah. a straight answer from them. All right. So Amy <laughs> so was able to answer a lot of my questions. That's what I'm saying. I had so many <laughs> questions. So you you may recall, I once had a bike that was donated to me here at the garage. Yes. And I went into a DMV knowing that it had back fees. I walked into a DMV, one very near your house, Emma. And I said, I just got this bike. Full disclosure. I know that it has uh, back, you know, registration fees yes. and penalties. I understand that it is my responsibility as the new owner that I need to pay those back registration fees. But I am, I'm challenging that I should not be responsible for the penalties that accrue on top of that. And I said, could you please show me in the book where it says I as the new owner am responsible for the penalties. <laughs> and I said, I'm very sorry. I was told to say this exactly, mm-hmm. but I challenged them and yeah. a manager came over and she says, Oh, it's in there. I said, I'm sorry, but could you please show me where it is? She goes, I don't have to show you. It is in there. And mm. for this old 
beat up cruiser. It had like $783 in right. registration and, and, and fees. And I, and I just stood my ground. I'm like, but I, I need you to show me in writing. And she goes, I don't need to show you. This is how much it is. End of story. Okay. So I walked out of there, drove up to our local DMV up near here, walked in. And this time I said nothing. I just handed over the paperwork and had a dumb smile on my face. Yeah. Just got a new bike. I'm so happy. You know, I'm so happy. <laughs> and the, the person at the DMV said, oh, oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What's wrong? Oh, it's got a lot of fees and, and you know, it's got back ridge. I mean, that is something that already right away. I do contest that that is unfair, that a new owner yeah. is responsible for back registration. Yeah. But I know that you can't get around it. And I went, Oh no. Well, I hope it's not that much because I need to get this fixed up and I don't have that much money. And she goes, well, let me see. And she goes, Oh, it's like $783. I'm like, oh, no, that is way too much. I don't have that much money. And she said, well, let me see what I could do. She goes, tuk, 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 tuk. she goes, how about 472 You know, I went, oh, that is so nice of you. Thank you so much. I had no idea. I never would have bought it. This is like makes it more than what I paid for it. And she goes, hold on. Tuk, tuk, how about $260? <laughs> I'm like, oh, you can do that. She goes, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, two hundred sixty dollars, which hmm. was all the back reg was. Everything else were penalties and fees. Yeah, because they accrue. Yeah, and and that's a cruel. What I learned that day is that there is a gray area. Mm-hmm. And it's my understanding that it's not in writing. Amy, is it your understanding that penalties and fees are not in in writing? That that needs to be paid i i have never seen it in writing i know that there's a flexibility per clerk to at their discretion Mm -hmm. (laughs) um remove at least uh, they i believe are still only going back two years in penalties Mm. and i believe they can at least um waive the prior year to the last year of registration um but I've never seen it in writing in my experience. Um, I just know that it's that it doesn't hurt to ask. That's kind of been the, the rule. <laughs> well, it hurt ask me asking. But yeah. and, you know, <laughs> and generally, once again, dealing with civil servants, they don't have the nicest job in the world. Be nice. Yeah. It helps. So It, but, but it really a- does help. Yeah, but Liza. Also, I, I do want to mention that I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that the California uh, Motor Vehicle Code does require that if someone is selling a vehicle, that they pay any back registration fees before the vehicle is sold. So those fees technically are on are the responsibility of the seller. Now, the DMV won't register a vehicle if it's got back fees until those right. are cleared up, but as as you said, Amy, they can waive those back fees, and if it, you know some of them, all of them, depending on what their discretion is. So, Amy, since this is a common thing, we see this all the time, especially with motorcycles. To many people, this is just a recreational vehicle, and it is very common to see bikes for sale that have unpaid back registration because battery died, sat in the backyard for three years, they ignored it, right? And right. I mean, we see this all the time. 
Are there any other tips or tricks in this gray area that you have to navigate this? Uh, just temporary non-op. Um, if you're not, if you know you're not going to be riding it, um, you can also suspend your your uh, liability insurance on it as well um, to save some costs monthly uh, during bad winters or if you it, whatever it's down for. But the non-op would be pretty much the only way to to take it, it off record if you're a um, responsible person but right. once it's accrued yes. these fees for the yeah. person who's buying it because this is a common thing mm-hmm. is there any way do you think it's best just to go into the dmv and ask for forgiveness um, if you're the new owner well yes but i would make it whenever i buy a motorcycle i always run i run the bin and the plate and make sure uh, you know right. uh it's good to do um, I personally had bought a stolen muscle car years ago um, because mm. everything checked out great, except for I bought it from the daughter whose uh, mom was out of town. And oh. um, so, yeah, I, that was that was not that was my learning lesson. Always check the person's driver's license to make sure it matches the title. There you go. And, and uh, follow the paperwork trail. I mean, see what right. they have. Um, and you know, make sure if it's not currently tagged, uh, you want to really make sure that you're dealing with the person that has a title for you. If they don't have a title and they're selling it to you on a application for a duplicate title, that person has to be the last registered owner. And sometimes you don't, you don't figure right. that out until you go to DMV and they're like, well, who's this? Because it's still registered to somebody else and that's not their name. Right. And they won't. And they, they won't disclose that information. And just because a vehicle has accumulated a ton of fees, mm-hmm. it does not make it necessarily a bad deal. I I recently mm-hmm. bought a gorgeous little bike for my shop, knowing it owed a thousand bucks to the DMV. But I bought it accordingly and I priced it accordingly and I was very, very aggressive with the selling price and people are coming and say i'll offer you this and i'll say no this is what i want for it it's a very very fair price i sold it for full boat and then i just toddled off down to my dmv agent paid other thousand bucks and got it registered into the new owner's name and it was still a good deal for me it was a good deal for the seller and it was a great deal for the buyer but it was a thousand dollar hit and i knew that from the outset Right. So um, let me ask you this. Do you have any tricks for title lost? Ooh. Um, as far as somebody selling one without a title on a bill of sale only? Yeah. I mean, we see this all the time at Vintage Days. How many bikes have, say no title? Oh, yeah. Now, I know personally um, I have I have figured out some tricks of the system to get uh, to find out who the original owner was and to flush them out and get them to give me a, a bill of sale or to get a title. I, right. I've There are tricks. Mm-hmm. Not all of them were exactly legal to start with, but once you understand <laughs> the system right. and know what the system needs, you can give it what it needs. Um, yeah. Do you have any tricks when somebody has a, a bike with no title, because we just lost the whole Vermont loophole. You're familiar with that? 
No. So in Vermont, oh. until just recently, you could register a vehicle from out of state. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And then bring it back in. And then bring it back in. And they Again. just closed that loophole. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So if there's no paperwork, obviously they're going to require a VIN verification on it. Um, and as a licensed VIN verifier, we used to be able to um, verify those and they would accept it. Now they are, if I, if I mark the box that says no documents, you know, to compare it to, um, they will kick it to a DMV office only or a CHP office. So they're not, they're not letting me bring those back out of, um, which I call like ghost bikes. Um, <laughs> they, I used to be able to go out because I have a couple buddies. I, I'm in the bike scene um, still, and I have a couple buddies that do vintage bikes, and they're like, hey, you know, i getting it put together, and I need to get a title on it. And um, I've gone in before where I've taken my VIN verification, a statement of facts signed by, um, you know, who's registering it, that they've had the bike for, you know, you got to write mm -hmm. your little story and it's never been on public roadways or highways for the last, you know, 28 years. Um, and then you, you know, request the, the plates and stickers and all, all those documents, but, um, you could build back that package and get a, you know, a duplicate title issued on it. Um, again, the VIN verification part, they're kind of pulling away from us um, verifiers. I don't mm -hmm. know if they've had problems with verifiers not, you know, doing something um, legal or how the process was, but they have kind of pulled that away to where it's CHP only now. Um, so I I used to do a lot of them for friends that built classic cars too. They'd buy a body somewhere and build the motor and chassis and um we used to be able to get those titled, but they're pulling a lot of that from us. I'm um, well, uh, so yeah, I was going to say, you can do it. They're but it's, not, it's getting harder. They're now, not, isn't it? and they're not always, it doesn't just cause something has a title doesn't mean it's like stolen or something. So I have a bike that was given to me. It had been sitting on the side of a house for years. The it had been like trickled down through people. The owner had died. So I contacted the DMV and I said, what do I need to get the title? The owner died years ago. And they said, all right, you need to find out who is the next of kin. Then you need to contact them and they need to file a death certificate with the DMV. And then they can get the title issued in their name and then you can buy it from them. I'm like, oh, that's never going to happen for a free, you know, abandoned bike. This is never going to happen. But I, I did ask how the system works. Uh -huh. But what that told me is they didn't know that the owner was dead because no one had filed a death certificate. So, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say how I, but I got it. I got yeah. it. <laughs> I know. I was going to say those, those things happen and, and you can get them. Uh, the other thing that I've had to do in the past, um, you, you were kind of touching on it there is um, if there's no way to reach out to, um, I had, uh, I think it was about a, a 49 um, Harley that I did for a buddy. And I went in with all the paperwork and they said, well, it's showing that 
Iowa still holds a title on it. It had an mm. Iowa title from 1976. Mm. It's like, are you kidding me? So, you know, <laughs> so I actually called the Iowa DMV and said, how do I? And they're like, yeah, we we show that there's still a title to somebody's name, but they can't tell me the name. And there's no way we were ever going to go back that far to find out who owned it then. So um, we did a title bond on it. And that was the only way to get it, mm. um, get it through. And it's really not that hard of a process. Really, it comes down to money. That's all it is, yep. is yep. DMV wants something yeah. collateral that if that person from Iowa shows up on DMV's door saying, why did you register my bike to somebody? They could go, oops, yep, here's the value and it's bonded and we can make it whole. You know, but, uh, Emma, a trick I learned, you could actually do this. Oh, I know I can lean Salem. So this exactly. Yeah. I had another bike that was donated to me. Right. No paperwork. And I went to the DMV and said, can you tell me who the legal owner is so I can contact them and get the paperwork? We cannot tell you that. Ah, but I could file a lien uh, sale as a mechanic who did work on it because they don't ask to verify that I'm an actual mechanic and mm -hmm. submitted this to the DMV who sent it to the legal owner on record who then contacted me and said, what the hell? I don't even own that bike. I said, hey, nice to meet you. Can I get you to sign this form? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, and and, yeah. and it would all go away. And he did. But so, I thought they tricks. might have closed that loophole now that in order to file a lien sale, I think. Well, I file you, a you, lien. For, I don't know oh, if oh, oh, a lien for you, work. It may be a title bond, but I think yeah. to file a lien sale, you have to actually be registered with the Bureau of Automotive Repair like I am. Well, yeah. I, it wasn't I, on the paperwork. can file. Yeah. I, I have personally lien sold a vehicle that was on my own property personally. Right. And mm. as long as you go through a lien sale processing company um, that I used, and I just stated that it had been parked um, on my property for three years and my storage is X amount per day for the mm -hmm. three years. And here's the charges that are due on it. And uh, nobody claimed it. it. It was an old, it was an old uh, roommate that left it on my property. I was like, I'm lean selling it. And they knew that they didn't want it, but I right. didn't have any title yeah. and they didn't either. So we just ended up doing it. But yeah, and what, and what happens when you file a lien sale? Um, do you actually end up with a title for it, or do you end up with lien sale paperwork that entitles the next owner to get a title? Right. What so do you I get? ended up with, so the lien sale packet came back to me in my name, just my personal name, and then I was able to sell the vehicle um, with those documents to get it registered to the new buyer. Oh, cool. Okay. The point is there are tricks to navigating the DMV because not all bikes, and we're talking about, but I know you do bikes and cars, but they're not all stolen. They're not all, you know, there's, there are just oftentimes things get lost in the mire in the DMV system. And what I'm saying is there are some tricks to navigate, but once you understand, and you're one of those people understand those. Bagel, we're about to go on to our game. Did you have a quick question? Well, actually, I had something I wanted to contribute as well, because uh, a friend of mine found a very interesting loophole with the California DMV years ago. 
Um, now, I don't know if this is still valid or not. Um, I have heard over the years that people have tried this and didn't, weren't successful, but you know that may be just a case of you know your mileage may vary depending on who you get at the DMV when you go there. Um, but this is in regard to the back fees, and specifically for vintage vehicles, um, because according to the DMV rules, if a vehicle is over 25 years old, you don't have to non-op it or pay back fees um, because vehicle because historic vehicles are listed are considered vehicles that are exempt from reporting operational status because they are if they're over 25 years they are considered historical vehicles uh, which also applies to horseless carriages vehicles of special interest mm-hmm. or vehicles that are part of a collection and not operated as as defined in California vehicle code uh, CVC 5004 5004.5 and 5051 so what that says is it defines um, a, a historic vehicle as a vehicle that was manufactured after 1922 or is at least or sorry, a special interest vehicle is manufactured after 1922 or is at least 25 years old and is of historic, historic interest. And uh, the advice I received was you will want to start this process with a statement of fact stating that, and this is the statement of fact that uh, you'd mentioned earlier, Amy, um, uh, Regist 256 is the form. <laughs> so in that form, you want to state that A, the vehicle has not been operated on public roads. B, the vehicle is of historic interest as defined in Section 5004 of the California Vehicle Code. C, that you are a collector. And uh, D, that as stated in the uh, DMV document Fast Facts FFVR01, that this vehicle is exempt from uh, having to pay back fees. Therefore, you would request that the back fees and any fines be dropped. Uh, the DMV might tell you that you need to have historic plates for that clause to apply, but that is not true. That is just the definition that is used for historic plates. Uh, but it also applies to any vehicle that is over 25 years old because that is a definition that the DMV uh, defines. Right. So you have to be firm but polite and know the sections well so you can argue the point. But by doing that way, they have all the paper. By doing it that way, they have all the paperwork done for them. They just have to get a supervisor to sign off on it. Well, and there you go. And that was kind of the point I wanted to make. And we're only referring to the California DMV system. Yes. There's every DMV state has their own kind of little ins and outs. But All there different. is a gray area. Yes. And that's the point Always. I wanted to, to take. And that <laughs> learning, doing the research and learning what the codes and maybe even finding somebody who, who knows the in and outs. Uh, there are many states where there are people who, for a living, they can navigate right. DMV systems for you. It's, it's worth finding those people. But that's not the only thing that she does. In fact, what you do mostly is do appraisals, right? Yes. So I created a game just for you, and <laughs> it is called Appraise This. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I have selected from all different sources on the interwebs some vehicles for currently for sale or that have sold. And since we have Amy here, who is an actual appraiser, I know, Amy, you have not done the research. You don't have the information. So I'm not going to throw you under the bus. I'm going to throw Emma and Bagel under the bus. Uh, We're going to take turns. Uh, Bagel, you go first, and Emma, you go second, right? God. All I want, so so Bagel, you go first. The first vehicle I, I show you. Uh, I'll give you a little description. Bagel, I want you to best guess. I want you to appraise it. And then, Amy, I, all okay. I need you to do is say if they're high or low or spot on. And if you want to take okay. your best guess at the appraisal, you can. All I have on most of these is what the seller is asking. So that okay. is not a, a fair appraisal. So first up is a 1947 Harley-Davidson knucklehead with the sidecar. This is your rare opportunity to own a 1947 Harley-Davidson knucklehead with a Harley-Davidson sidecar. This bike is mostly original and current mileage is unknown. This comes from a large private collection. Don't miss your chance to see this bike. And it's, it looks beautiful. I'm going to say it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Now I'm not sure whether those are original colors, but uh, it's blue and green, same it, colors it, it, as my childhood um, bedroom. There's a lot of chrome on that, probably far more than mm. it left the factory with, but pretty so it's been, nonetheless. Been restored. Yes, I would say. Bagel, can mm. you you can see the picture? Yes. No, I can't see the picture. Oh, you can't. Is there a, uh, oh, well, that's no good. Wait, Amy, can you see the picture? No. Oh, okay. Hold on. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I forgot to share. I can do this. I can let you okay. see it. Who's the Hold real knucklehead here? Through the miracle of modern technology. <laughs> I forgot to do share screen. Two. Okay, there we go. Share. Okay. Can you see it now? Okay, oh, yeah. yes. I can wow, see it. Who can't, who can't miss that bike? Okay. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, it's quite That's bright, isn't it? Very, very <laughs> Kawasaki-like. God. <laughs> oh, that's going to upset a lot of people. Oh, your knucklehead looks just like a Kawasaki. <laughs> that's okay. that's going to devalue it right there. All right, Bagel. Now that you can see this 1947 mm-hmm. Harley Davidson knucklehead with sidecar, what is your appraisal? I'm, I, you know, as as someone who has no experience with these whatsoever, um, I've seen a forty seven knucklehead once. I think maybe in the fl- in the flesh. Um, I'm going to just throw out a wild number and guess mm, twenty six thousand dollars. All right, Amy, is he high, low, or spot on? He is at low. <laughs> All right, that is true. Amy, do you want to take a guess? What what is I he? last? Uh, Yeesh. Um, it's hard. It's tough on bikes. Is it verif- verifying a lot of options on this one from what I can see? I would say it's probably going to be closer to the 70,000 mark. Yeah. it's They're, they're asking wow. 80,000. Okay. Ooh. Very good. Yep. All right. Yeah. All right. Emma. Oops. No, this is not working. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> All right. Let's go to this one. Oh, wait. Resume slideshow. There we go. I think. Come on. This is not working. Okay. Mm. Oh, my there we go. God. Wow. <laughs> no, no. Oh, yeah, that one. Okay, yeah, that <laughs> one. Okay. <laughs> there we go. All right. What we have here. Emma, this is a custom all-American chopper. 
Built by Pirate Motorsports, an all-American chopper. This has a 113 Ultima motor, full air suspension, doesn't use a kickstand as the bike lays down on the frame, right-hand chain drive, Riviera Primo, six-speed tranny, full Accutronic controls, Renegade Aspen rims, fully built custom pro street chopper bike is completely polished or combed on all non-painted surfaces. It has 600 miles on it, does not say the year. Emma, what is your... Uh uh, appraisal. So, these, this would be my best guess on these on on this and a lot of these bikes, like big dogs or whatever, they cost an absolute fortune to build, and on the used market, they're absolutely worthless. Um, God, if that bike made twenty thousand, I'd be really surprised. Amy, high, low, or spot on? I I, I think. I, I think pretty close. It might be asking a little higher because uh, absolutely right. I do a lot of these for uh, insurance um, to get them insured. And I see build sheets on these bikes that are just like astronomical whoa. and the, yeah. all the value falls out of them. Right. Right. Um, so I'm going to say they would probably be asking more in the high 20s maybe 30s on this one but um, I, i'm gonna stop you I've there i've seen them as low as 20 i'm or, gonna stop um, you there amy though because you're spot on they're asking 30 and you know the only thing in that bike's defense is it is a decent color if, yeah, it, right. if it had a paint job that looked like somebody had vomited on it and clear coated <laughs> over the vomit uh, like most man, of I've, them i've seen some bikes yeah. well all right bagel you're up. Mm. Let's see if I can get this next one to come up. Let's see. So, did it come up? Not yet. It's it's going slow. Who's the knucklehead here? <laughs> Go. That's just the miracle of modern technology. It is. Yeah, I know. Let me <laughs> let me try this. This isn't working. You hit the space bar. <laughs> I know. Well, I highlighted it. I double clicked it. How about if I hit the computer hit operator? The All right, hold on. <laughs> stop let's see if i can get this to work oh maybe if i do here and then that is that one if i do oh okay oh my uh -huh. here we go oh okay. my god <laughs> okay uh -huh. up next oh no <laughs> is a 2010 paramount custom cycles custom chopper this uh -huh. is a clean title 2010 custom bike with a RevTech motor with big bore kit new battery new tires new clutch new sprocket new RevTech closed primary inner outer kit 1076 miles and it has a beautiful blue flame ghost skull paint job oh it's got oh. Up skulls on it yeah. Mm. Right, bagel. That that adds value right there. No, the skulls are worth every penny. <laughs> All right. I, I think the final insult is a hummus. <laughs> right, I just I just got I just got a comment. They they had to replace the clutch and it's got a thousand <laughs> miles on it. it. That yeah. says everything, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. All right. So bagel, um, what's your so, appraisal? So it's an unrideable bike, uh, <laughs> you're telling me. Um <laughs> 
Hey, come um, on, man. Somebody has written it. In 13 years, somebody has written it 1,000 miles. Some brave yeah. soul has done 1,000 yes. miles in 13 yes, years. Remember, you may recall, I also built a custom chopper somewhat like this. So, and how many miles did you ride it? Not that many. There you exactly. go. But, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, so I, I do appreciate the art of chopper building. I'm not I, making I fun. So, it. Bagel, what yeah, is your appraisal? I, you know, this one I think has got to be appraised a lot less than the previous custom chopper because the previous one had, had so much sculpting and work done to it that made it look like a really unique machine. This kind of looks like something that somebody's just stretched and bolted stuff onto. Um, I'm going to appraise this at like nine grand being generous maybe okay amy high low or spot on i think he's pretty close i'm just i would say he's very close i would say maybe 12.5 well they're asking okay. 74.99 right ah. and you know the real wow. tragedy mm. is that bike would have cost a fortune to build. Oh, it's like it's probably grand. got a five thousand dollar paint job on it. It cost oh, me yeah. twenty five grand to build my chopper. Right. Yeah. But there's just yeah. you know the, uh, there's no value there in isn't. these things on the used market. And that's yeah. why it's interesting. The prices are all over the board. And uh -huh. to somebody who's well, not that familiar, the those prices. Right. Well, but this one. They're lower than what's expected. I think they're just, yeah. but it's also uh, pictures it. are on a car lot. So and I, I was going to say, I think yeah. the real thing here, somebody's told Liza. All right, Emma, it's mm -hmm. your turn. This up next is a 1965 BMW R60-2 mm. Custom. This is a mm. show-quality custom build. Everything on the bike is new, restored, or in mint condition. Fresh paint, new chassis bearings, new engine transmission and bevel drive bearings, new pistons, powertrain, complete restoration, new rubber items, cables, Corbin leather seat, fenders, all work performed by Scotty's Workshop. Oh, God. A uh, recent winner of the first place award for custom class at the Arma Classic Monterey Motofest. Oh. 2023. And I. Fancy. Where's that picture taken, Emma? That's on the lawn at the quail. That is the quail. So, Emma, what we have here is a customized BMW R62. What do you think that is worth if you had to appraise it? So, I'm. I'm I'm quite familiar with 62s, and if it was stock and in perfect condition, I'd say it could be a $16,000 motorcycle, but it's not. It's customized, and dear God, he's ugly. I'm not even sure what you call this style. <laughs> um, Schwarz. <laughs> I mean, it's. I'm sure it's. there's a lot of black lacquer on that bike but oh, yes. everything is black lacquer oh god come on Emmy, you gotta appraise it 10 10's all the money for that thing all it's right. gotta be amy is she high low or spot on uh, man these these bikes are tough too because hmm. god he's ugly Vincent one, I mean, it, for yeah. 
just because and, it's uh, and it it's can, a, and it was built at a respectable shop. Scotty's is a well-known place. Oh, oh yeah, I I would think just based on um, even though it's not appealing, I agree, uh, <laughs> and they did modify it. It's I'm, it's I'm someone's vision, that, isn't it? It, this is a tough one, really, because um, you're taking a very mm, unique uh, niche here. I am. I'm going to say that it, just based on who built it, where it's at, and that it's one. Um, I'm going to say that it would be coming higher than so the ten. And then I'm going to say you are correct once again, um, based upon their asking price of thirty thousand. <gasps> wow! <laughs> Emma just fell over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep it going. All right, Bagel, you're up. We All have right. another BMW, or as Emma likes oh, to call it, BMW. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> this one uh, is a 2007 oh. BMW R1200 RT custom naked military style. This started out as a standard R1200 RT sport bike. This bike has only 31,000 miles. You know, these motors will last 100,000 plus. Appearance has been heavily modified, dra- drivetrain not modified. I have owned many bikes, and this one turns heads and gets more positive comments than any other I have owned. So basically, oh. they took all the body work off of an RT and put on three Pelican cases and some uh, Jeep headlights. Do you think when they took the body work off, they stamped on it? (laughs) I think they probably took it out into the parking lot and stamped on it angrily. Uh, Well, let let me just say, I I just got to start by saying that we got to go back to the, the segment about the, the, bikes as actors um <laughs> this this would be jeff goldblum in the fly after you started changing exactly this i i'm sorry this this bike is ugly oh my god you I nailed it with jeff goldblum in the fly. i mean those those right. those headlights i mean i'm sure they're bright but Oh my God! They look disproportionately huge and high up on that bike. <laughs> and it does have dual sport tires on it. Yeah, it's got some very chunky tires on it. Um, I don't know how good the handling is going to be with those. Um, okay, come on, uh, Bagel. Appraise it. And it's a 2007, so 2007. it's 16 years old. Uh I'm going to say this bike is worth. Uh, Emma, quit watching grand. videos. We're doing a podcast. No, I'm trying four, to, I'm trying to find how much that bike went for. I'm, I'm going to say four grand. <gasps> All right, Amy. Really? High, low or spot on? I'm. Um, I. Uh, this uh, <laughs> definitely. Like somebody who wants to live off grid. I uh, would love this comfortable off-road bike, right? No, I think so, yeah. It's definitely um, Mad Max style. Sure. Yeah. I would say four is a little low. I think stock, they were probably around eight or nine grand in 07. Yeah. So I would I would say probably closer to eight or nine, at, and that might be too low. Well, they're asking 68. Okay. So yeah, oh, okay. So sixty eight hundred. You sixty eight hundred. You were right. Okay. Uh, all right, 
Emma. Oh, God. <laughs> mm. Oh, God, look at that poor triumph. All right, so Emma, <laughs> you have a... Oh, no! <laughs> He's got the brown leather. Hold on. Oh, he's got a satchel. I do on. Like brown leather. Okay. <laughs> it's got brown leather fork stations. Oh no! What have they done? <laughs> it could only be better if they had painted it poo brown. Oh God! All right. It needs. <laughs> All right. Emma, calm down. I have I'm to read the sorry. description. I can't All right, it. what we have here is a Triumph Bonneville T120 Custom Cafe Racer build. And this is uh, just fully serviced and road ready. Everything works, runs great. Exhaust pipes sound mean. Clean I, California I, title in hand. I bet they don't. Uh, open to trade for other motorcycles. Um, <laughs> it's got, is. I don't know this company, B A A K, Bach. The Bach. Dual exhaust, Bach Brock. leather fork boots, Brock. leather seat, Bach Camembert air filters, Bach air box delete kit, Bach leather saddle bags, Bach leather pegs and grips, goes on and on and on. He wants mm. nine grand. Uh, so. He wants nine what, grand. But what is, what is, what do you appraise this at? He wants Ooh, nine grand. But wait, Emma, it also has a Thruxton 1200 swing arm. He wants nine grand. But what do you appraise <laughs> this? <laughs> now, come nine on. Nine grand. It looks nice. He wants nine grand. I mean, what, you know, what are you appraising it at? Yes. Well, my mental but, calculator is yeah. saying, how much would it cost me to make that look like a decent Bonneville? But what are you appraising <laughs> it at? Your job is as an appraiser. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Well, I'll go a little bit low then. I'll go eight. Eight. All right. Amy, high, low, or spot on? I think she's spot on on this one. I guess we'll have to wait and see because they're asking 13,000. They yes, they're asking 30. And this and you know the takeaway are we done with these now? No. Oh god. We're not done yet. Oh come on. Because I had to bring a scooter in. Now and now we're going to start uh-huh. getting interesting. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh my, oh my. god. Is that an appliance? Okay. It's a ruckus. What we have oh here is gosh. a custom GY6 ruckus. Uh, owner says, I'm selling this GY6. It is an 04 Honda frame with a 150cc GY6 engine and a bunch of custom parts. It's been stretched, lowered, and has fatty back tire. It runs good and goes about 60 miles per hour. I still drive mm. it to work once a week just to keep the fluids moving. It is fully registered. Uh, please don't lowball me. Do the math first. I know the what I've got. The cost for a used ruckus plus all the custom parts on the bike, along with a nice paint job and the time it takes to put it all together. So there's no way I'm going to take less than what I have into it. All right. Bagel, hmm? what are you appraising? They're asking five grand. Stretched ruckus. Uh, they're asking five grand. It's probably worth 2500 So you're appraising it at 2500 <laughs> Yes. Okay. All right. Amy? Highly spot on. I think he's. I think he's going to be pretty close. But I agree that, um, just from the way the ad's written, he's very proud of that bike. I know what I've got. I know, right? So I'm going to say no, no balls. Priced around. I was thinking six thousand when I first looked at it, knowing that it's not worth that. But um, (laughs) oh, we are being so judgy today, aren't we? It's awful. (laughs) So, but what? So, you think that his appraisal is a fair? Yes. All right. So, yeah, they're asking five grand for it because that's how much it costs right. to build. Yeah. But yeah, five grand. 
Okay, and I tell you what, if you spend five grand on that and pull up into any parking lot at bike night, I think there'd be more people around that bike than anywhere else. All right, well, let's get a little bit weirder. Emma, it's your turn. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) What? (laughs) All right. Oh, my God. What we have here is a 1981 (laughs) AJS special construction Oh, the headlight. This is a, a trike with a late 50s 392 Chrysler Hemi motor auto transmission radiator with two electric fans in rear with hoses going through frame on both sides. Runs awesome. Lights and turn signals work. And the brake lights work, too. It also has a brass headlight from a 1920s fire engine. Oh, my God. I got it. So, that, first off, let's a, talk about the color. Transmission design. Emma, Emma, what do you think about the color choices Oh, yellow and red. This it's, is a bright yellow trike, and it has that same gaming seat that the uh, yeah, yeah. one I want to buy for sixteen hundred has. <laughs> no, I think, um, but it's got it's a head. And that's I tell you what, and that's the odd thing because I think that three ninety two is quite a valuable engine. Yeah, and I've that seen might be the, value, the whole seen, value of the machine. I've seen these kind of trike builds. A lot of times, they'll use like a VW rear, right, right, right. rear axle. Yeah. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say twenty based on the fact that it's got a three ninety two. Ooh, and I think you could probably pull it, throw away. You could pull the motor, throw <laughs> away the rest of it, and get at least and that out of the engine. No, there's no bodywork. It's basically um, it's basically a giant wheelbarrow with a gamer's seat. No, those <laughs> mounted right behind a Hemi motor and a motorcycle wheel. No, those early Hemis are actually worth because en- someone's going to buy that engine is, and is then the they're going to put it in an old Coronet or something. All right, so yeah, you're so saying 20, 20, 20, 20, right. 20 based Amy, on the engine. High, low, or spot on? I'm, I think she's she's spot on and exactly correct with pulling that Hemi because that's where <laughs> the money's at. Well. You may want to get this because they're only asking fifteen five. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Actually, because oh, you'd man. probably have to pay four grand to have somebody haul away the remainder of it. But yeah, right. and, and where I is think it located? The value it's in there, Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, the value there is definitely in the engine by far, and the headlight too, probably. <laughs> the fire engine. All right, well. Amy, you poor thing, you didn't know what you were getting into and you agreed to come on here because we're just going to get a little bit weirder. Oh, God. Mm. Bagel. Oh, I know what that is. Yes, got your interest? Yes. Well, we have here, but hold on because I have to read the description. Mm -hmm. Bagel, just looking at the picture, does it look like something's a little different from what you're used to? Yes, it looks like it has been modified. Right. uh, Like it's been widened in the front or something. So what we have here is a 2000 Corbin Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Amy, are you familiar with these car I, bike things? I'm going to say I have not seen one of these. Okay. No. Well, we are all very familiar because we know Mike Corbin. And I've yep. actually driven his own personal Sparrow around the Corbin factory. Uh, but this one is different. Ooh, uh, it says... I see a pipe. Only one ever made like this originally was an electric vehicle. Because we know the Corbins, uh, the Sparrows, are the electric vehicles. But this one has a Kubota three-cylinder diesel engine with a hydro pump drive transmission. Oh, my God. New tires and battery. Runs and drives great. It's registered as a motorcycle. It only has 600 original miles. 
speed is 40 miles per hour now, but you can make it go 70 miles per hour. Very, very. I don't know. It just says very, very. And then it says Uh, also comes with its original electric engine. So this, they took the Corbin Sparrow and they turned it in like a transformer because the body parts are all kind of gapped out, spaced apart. Like it looks like it's going to. And, and it looks like they it looks like they slapped a gas tank on the left hand side of the vehicle like outside of the the window. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> because there's no room for a gas tank inside an electric vehicle. So, I mean, it was an electric vehicle. I, now it is ooh. a diesel three-cylinder. Yeah. So bagel. That needs work I to like, do diesel. I like the fact that somebody painted it the color of pudding. <laughs> I like the fact it's pudding color. That's probably the factory color. Yeah, <laughs> you think pudding? Yeah. Well, Mike's is the same yellow. Paint mm-hmm. my sparrow oh, yeah. pudding, please. So, Bagel, what are you going to appraise this at? Oh God, this is this is a unicorn. Um, I don't, I, you know, uh, I, I I don't know if they really did it any favors by installing a diesel in it <laughs> especially if it only does what 40 miles an hour yeah, well. oh that's kind of sad um i mean if it can be made to go faster that'd be great but i don't know what's involved in making mm-hmm. it get there so as it is um this seems to me like it's a you know partially finished project uh, Come on, bagel. I, would, I need a number. I would, what are you right, I would value this. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to value it at three grand. So this is this is hard, right? I mean, this is what your yeah. job is, right? Um, this is hard. Yeah. So what do you think? High, low, or spot tough, on? Um, but it does say that it has the ability to be put back to the EV mm-hmm. mode. Well, but it then has you the need the batteries, motor, but it doesn't have the batteries, and that's no, the right. biggest expense. Are the expense. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, think we're missing the obvious. If you look in that back window. There's a boom box or something. I think that's a, <laughs> I think that's a wet bar. Maybe. I think that is a wet bar with pint glasses. So there's probably a cooler, <laughs> a beer cooler back there. There's yeah. the value. All right. A- I'm going to say it would still be higher um, just because there's between the EV and the diesel uh, enthusiasts. It could spark a little oddity yeah. in um in that. So I'm gonna say it would be over three thousand. All right, putting well, a number on it, I ugh, well, I don't I, know. I'm gonna say you're right because uh, they're asking seventy eight hundred dollars. God, that's all, that is all the. All money. right, we have time for one more. Wow. All right, Emma, I got this. This one is you, but this one is a little bit special. All right, because it's not just a motorcycle. Oh. I see. Yes. So what we have here. Oh, no. All right. 100 plus. So what we have here is something very special. This is um, a Steve McQueen 1952 Chevy 3800 pickup with camper and a Husqvarna CR250. Now, full disclosure, this, uh, this fully restored pickup truck and camper was owned by Steve McQueen. Yes. The bike was not but this is a husky like he would have had at that right. time that was restored and is thrown in to the mix. And guess what? For this one, I know the actual selling price. This sold mm. on Bring a Trailer. Provenance Ooh. is 
everything. It's got to be 120. Got to be. Because everything's about Steve McQueen. There, Steve McQueen, Von Dutch, um, Barry's not some, because he's still alive. But any of these mm-hmm. iconic figures that their name is on something, the price goes through the roof. I mean, a, a 52 Chevy 3800 is not a particularly desirable vehicle. But when you attach his name to it, right? um, oh, yeah. it's everything. All right, so your final so, final um, appraisal, Emma? 120. All right, Amy, high, low, or spot on? I'm I'm going to say high. Um, I think that I've had famous people's uh, prior cars before, and it's a smaller market. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's lower, but I am gonna say probably around the 80s. Well, I'm just gonna let's say that you won because you said it was lower. This sold for ninety nine 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 eight, so basically hundred grand. Ah. For the truck and wow. the motorcycle. Well, that's a good. Well, there there you go. That is appraise this. But, you know, it, it really drives home a point, Amy, that when you're dealing with custom vehicles, God, it's so speculative. I don't envy your job. I do sell, I do sell motorcycles at my shop, mm-hmm. but... I have very, very strict rules for motorcycles that I sell. And they have to be they have to be mint condition, they have to be low mileage, and they have to be absolutely stock. So I can right. put a very, very fixed value on them. Right. Custom stuff, especially Harleys, mm-hmm. my God, that's speculative. I remember seeing something, you know, the Tuttles bikes are just yeah. worthless now. And yes. they, those were. I've got models of them right there. Right. They're not worthless. But now they are. No, because they were on TV. They are not. Worthless. Well, what say you on that? I mean, when was the last time a Tuttle bike went through the market for a reasonable amount of money? Well, oh, I, 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 well, there's different Tuttle bikes. Right. There are the bikes that they what that the. Um, Orange, Orange County Choppers production bikes. And then there were the customs that they made on each show. So are you talking about these customs that they made that were one-offs, Emma? Or are you talking about their production bikes? The production bikes. Oh, well, the production bikes weren't weren't on TV. So, yes, that would plummet, I would I would assume. Would you agree, Amy? Yes. Yeah, we're, we're seeing a decline in a lot of the uh, custom. I've, I've had one-off bikes that were, you know, built uh, – different builders and you know it it's it's kind of sad to see the legacy that goes behind them and then all of a sudden they're just you know falling out of the market but right. um, i do a lot of the custom bikes for insurance um a lot of insurance disputes after they've been totaled and that's one thing i will leave with you is make sure that you have them insured for what you got in them or you're not right. going to get it can we can we explore that a little bit? Because I mean, my question to you is: Who is the majority of your clients that you you value for? Private clients or insurance companies? Uh, I I mainly represent the private um, sector, so a lot of the motorcycles are ones that are. 
I get called in a lot for arbitration for um, total loss disputes. Right. So, so you walk a, into a situation that's already gone south. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So they have their bike insured with X insurance company and, you know, they uh, it's totaled. Um, the insurance company looks up a 2000, you know, 18 street glide or whatever and says, okay, here's your 13,000. And they're like, I got 65,000 in this bike, you know, between custom paint, wheels, everything. This this is so, a great point because I've always said when you're dealing with an insurance company, and I, I've always said get a lawyer because they know how to deal with uh, all your, your fees right. and medical, but I've never dealt with appraisal. So this is a whole nother factor. Yes. yes. So, so then I come in and I, what we do is we, we appraise it for prior to loss value. So that bike prior to the loss, um, what its value truly was. And I've had some where I've, I've, I've been able to arbitrate against the insurance company and get Ten to twenty thousand dollars more for for what their offers were. And um, we also, I do a lot for bikes that are finished being built, and they need to get a agreed value policy on it so that they don't have this happen. Um, and then we would work off of the build sheet and do an appraisal for insurance. So right. So covered. Um, your advice, and I'm sure it, 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 this is what you're going to say. If you have a custom bike, especially a valuable custom bike, and you want mm. to insure it, just having your motorcycle Geico policy isn't going to cut it. You need an agreed value, value. policy. So if yep. the worst happens, you you're don't have to do any of this. Right. Yeah. And, and the insurance company, the market's getting a little, they're getting a little tough on, on writing agreed value. I know um, motorcycles are tough. There's not a lot of carriers that are doing, um, you know, you always hear the Geico or Progressive. Those are the main line ones right. that people are insuring their bikes with. And, you know, they go off of just, you know, um, pretty much they take a stock bike and they give you an extra hundred bucks for your, you know, for your aftermarket wheels or, you know, a few hundred dollars for custom paint when, you know, your front wheel alone is twenty eight hundred dollars. <laughs> so Yikes. So here's a question for you. So if if somebody is looking to buy a vintage, a classic, a custom, a high end bike, like some of these that we listed here. Are you the somebody that they can call and to get it appraised before they purchase it? Yes, we do pre-purchase inspections also. Awesome. And this get it uh, appraised. We do a lot for financing as well. So, so people that are financing their bikes that need them appraised. I want to make sure we get a full plug in here. Of all the things, <laughs> this is because your chance. We do it all. I do it all. <laughs> You've devoted quite a bit of your time this yes. evening to us. So in return, uh-huh. you get to shamelessly plug your company. Yes. And oh. get the name out there because a lot of our listeners yeah. do build custom bikes. Yep. Well, so and, I and cars and trucks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cars and trucks. We do. Uh, 
what classics and customs, European cars as well. Can anything. you do appraised tanks? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There is a limit. So, but we probably could. <laughs> yeah, as Emma said, I, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing, no and, but also answering all my questions. Um, yeah. So, yeah. if somebody wants to use your services, how do they contact you? Yes. So I'm at, uh, the company name is Auto Appraisal Network and we are a nationwide company. So mm -hmm. there's other appraisers like myself that own franchise territories. And um, so I cover a pretty uh, wide span in Northern California and um, you can find me at autoappraisalnetwork.com, put in your zip code and it will populate myself or wherever you're at. Um, it should pop somebody up to help you. Um, my direct phone number, I'm happy to give it out for any questions. Uh, okay, now before you give out your phone number, if you drunk test this drunk text this woman at two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> I will never forgive you. So don't think <laughs> about Amy, it. Amy, would you prefer instead that I include your email address in our show notes if somebody wants to reach out sure. to you? There I you would do that. go. <laughs> my email address, yes. Good idea. I, I get online inquiries um, at all hours, uh, one in the morning, three in the morning. I'm like, okay, somebody wants their classic car appraised, and I guess three in the morning is a good time but to But, you know, out. for yeah. a great many of us, myself included, who can't afford to buy a house, we have a lot of value and a lot of our lives tied up in our vehicles. Yes. Are yes. all my vehicles insured properly? I like to think so. Most of my bikes are stock, so I don't think I'd have a problem. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there are gaps. And if there are gaps, you need these things appraised. All right, Amy, I have one more question for you. So you weren't on earlier when I was talking about a situation I got myself into. But you might know. So, Amy, if I got a speeding ticket in England... <laughs> oh, God, she won't know! And they sent me a letter saying that I need to take a safety course or that I'm going to get points on my license or penalty or, or fines, can they do anything to me <laughs> here? I did oh. give them my... I did acknowledge I was the, the driver so of the bike. You're wondering if... if and I gave them my California driver's license, Yes. But this was a, it was a uh, camera, but I admitted that it was me because I didn't want the owner of the bike to get the fee. So they know it's me okay. and they sent me a thing saying, I got to, I got to take this class or I'm going to get points and, and pro possibly fees. Can they, are they linked to, to us? Can they do anything? Um, if they have your California license yeah. number, yeah, that would possibly be the link internationally. Um, the letter came from England though, correct? Yes. Oof. And it's not something you want to walk into a California DMV and ask. No. Because <laughs> they might say, well, of course you do. Right. I, yeah. I suggested to Liza it's going to be a learning experience that she can take an English driver's ed course. Right, but I'm just curious. Do, internationally, DMVs don't communicate. They don't network, right? I never thought they did. Now, the only yeah. thing I would say, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about it unless you were notified by California DMV. Mm, okay. Yeah, and I don't I don't think there's any reciprocity between the, the UK's version of the DMV and the California DMV. 
I don't think that's where the danger lies. Like, I don't think you're going to get points on your California license. Bagel thinks they're not going to they're going to ban me from coming back but, into the country. But I think they absolutely could because you're a scofflaw at that point. You're you're, you're <laughs> you've admitted to violating ticket. the law, and and you are you are not a felony. Doesn't matter. You're still you are still not fulfilling your op- obligation to the English legal system, Liza. You know, if I was a border patrol guard, I wouldn't let Liza in any country. Well, yeah, there you go. Well, Amy, because thank who knows you. what other laws you're going to break when you come back in. <laughs> um, thank, thank you so much for yes, coming on and you. answering questions. Yeah, um, if you can put my contact up. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'm you offer a whole new service that I never really thought about. But yeah, it makes sense. I can think of and a lot do. of reasons why why I need need you now. I might yeah. need to reach out myself. Yeah. Are you here locally, Bagel? You look familiar. I'm I'm up in Oregon uh, now. I've been up here for about three years. Okay. All right. Yeah, you've probably seen his face on America's Most Wanted a couple of times. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Down at the DMV office. <laughs> Quite possible, yes. I have been there before. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and also, um, big shout out. Thanks to Mike for for hooking us up. So yeah, cheers. These yeah. Answers. Cheers, awesome. Mike. You're a good egg. All right. Well, Amy, we'll let you go. Thank you so yeah, much. Fine. Thank you so All much right. for having me. Yeah. I really appreciate it. All, All right. Speak. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Ciao. Amy. Good night, Bye. Amy. Good night. Good okay. night, guys. Okay. We're, we're going over time. So we, we each get to read one email. Oh, And Emma, okay. you got a whole bunch. Yeah, I got so a bunch you gotta, of them. So you got to pick them. So I'll start with mine and Bagel, you do yours. And Emma, you got to pick <laughs> yours. So I have one from Gabe. And he says, what up, misfits? I took what all up? your advice and I just went on a damn ride. Not only was this my first time riding a Ducati Desert X, but it was my first time riding out of state. Ooh. A huge thank you for calling out Twisted Road, by the way. The process I had was wonderful. Awesome. Glad, nice. glad that worked out for you. Anyways, on with the ride. I met up with a buddy out here in Texas who happens to ride a Harley. We headed up a wonderfully winding road along a river and ended up in a small town for some authentic Texas barbecue. On the way back, we made sure to hit the throttle a little bit. My God, was it just so fun. My legs hurt, but my heart is full. Thank you, Misfits, for keeping our lazy asses out and getting us back on the road while we still have time. P.S. This may be a fairly obvious question, but it felt like the Ducati really wanted to have specific gearing depending on my speed. Can you please tell me why that might be the case? Did you hear that question, Emma? No, I was reading my I, was, I know. I was waving at you. So he's on a Ducati <laughs> Desert X. He says, it felt like the Ducati really wanted a specific gearing depending on my speed. Can you t- please tell me why that might be the case? Um, I you mean, know, d- those Ducati Scrambler engines make very, very good power for their size. But Is it just because it's a twin? Yeah, but they're contained within quite a narrow power band. I mean, the way the cam is cut... And, you know, the overlap on the cam, it develops power really in quite a narrow area for a V-twin. Because normally V-twins have got a lot of power down there and a lot of power at the top and lots of power in the middle. Mm. Whereas those those Ducatis are kind of so, yeah, it likes you being in a specific gear. I would think that's because it's a performance engine, so it's going to be Yeah, really, and I mean, yeah. you know, something has to give. The, the, the fact of the matter is the more power you squeeze out of a smaller capacity engine, the less tolerant of 
broad power throughout the mm. range it becomes. So a lot of bikes are like that. They like being in a specific area. Right. You know, big old air-cooled Suzuki 4s are absolutely at their best between five and 7,000 RPM. They're just glorious in that spot. And if you keep them boiling in that spot, you're just the happiest rider alive. It's not need to rev beyond that. You know, you just keep them in the five to seven thousand range, and you're just you're clipping along quite nicely. So there you have it. All right, Bagel, you have an email there to read, and it should be read in a very specific accent, if you understand. Well, part of it, I think. Okay, uh, you maybe. understand. Yeah. Yes, I All understand. Right. So this is from Daniel Farrow. Hey, Daniel. And- Daniel writes, just listen to your always entertaining podcast, number 543, regarding what motorcycle could replace an actor and in what movie. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I-, I submit for your approval, Mr. Tom Hanks, okay. being replaced by, by everyone's favorite simple single, the lovable KLR 650. I knew he was going to say that. In the movie Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> like Forrest Gump, the KLR650 can handle any adventure. <laughs> like life is like an unknown road, you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> to his slash its support network, yelling, Run, 650, run! <laughs> and finally, my personal favorite, as Emma always says, doohickey is as doohickey does. <laughs> 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 to to echo what has been said on multiple occasions, thank you, Misfits, for all that you do. Oh, I, am long over, <laughs> I am long overdue for a long motorcycle adventure. I think perhaps I shall have to make it over to the over to Santa Cruz and visit oh, the garage. Yes, do wish you would. Well, that's Emma, very sweet. It would have been nice to have you visit today. Yes, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. Emma, if I could afford to move to California, I would love to start a new career as your apprentice. Oh, that's so sweet. But actually, I'm looking for a husband. <laughs> <laughs> Liza, the community you have built is what has been missing in the motorcycle industry. If there was a recycle garage in every city, our passion would be flourishing. Thanks again. Another misfit from Denver, Colorado, Daniel Farrow. Thanks, Daniel. That's so nice of you. Yes. I love that. Yeah, I love Daniel. that one. You know what? I could, I could totally see the KLR 650 in Forrest Gump. <laughs> run, Forrest, run. run. <laughs> Actually, because we are getting so pushed for time, yeah, yeah. we are over. I'm going to just do a very, very short one because it's an easy one to, to answer. Um, this is from Kenneth Harrell. Hey, Kenneth. Um, hey, RCG and friends. I don't know. Okay. What's RS- RCG? Uh, something like Recycle that. Garage. Oh, there you go. There we go. Oh, God, I, I need to learn Durr. how to spell. It's friggin' Alzheimer's. It's doing my head in. <laughs> um, I was hoping you could answer a question for me. Okay. I have a 2022 Triumph Bonneville Speedster. Okay. Very good bike. And one of the things I noticed that after a complete fill-up, even when you top it off, it takes a couple of minutes of riding before it will register that it's had fuel. 
and before it will show you the new range numbers. Is this normal? Is this because of the sensor placement? Does this require a firmware update? How can this be fixed, or is this just part of the Triumph? Right, sincerely, Ken, lovely bike. Is this normal? Yes. Wait. Is this because of the sensor placement? No. Can, I, can the, I try and answer it? Yes. Because I'm going to take a guess, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong. I believe that the fuel sensor is not just readily bobbing up and down because otherwise it would be going all over the place as you're riding. I believe that in the box that the... The, the, the box? Yeah, there's a box that the yes. arm and the float goes into yes. and there's resistance in there Yes. so that yeah. it slowly moves up and slowly moves down. Yep. You're partially correct. Am I close? You're close. You neglected to talk about the, the clown in there and the <laughs> hamster and the... So, no, and but you're, you're absolutely right, because fuel naturally wants to slosh about in the fuel tank and slosh and slush and slush. Yes. And so you'd get this crazy reading. Um, so they tend to damp it down. Now, of course, on the Triumph, it's very, very electronic. Everything's done electronically. And mm. the fuel sensor on the Triumph isn't even a... a, a, a you know, a thing that moves up and down. It's a tube. Oh. Yeah, and it's just, it's all done electronically. <laughs> so, um, I vividly remember you'd pull these things out of the crates and you'd fill them up with tank, with fuel, because if you bought a new Triumph from the dealer, you get a full tank of fuel. I mean, the value. <laughs> and you'd take it out for its test ride and you'd think, shit, it's not registering anything on the fuel. And you'd ride it around, ride it around, think, oh, God, i got to pull this off and hook up something on the fuel tank. And at the very last minute, mm. it would suddenly show a full tank. Mm. It's the huh. nature of the beast. And you'd better be yeah. thankful it does that, because if you didn't, you'd be riding along, and you'd go, two bars, three bars, five bars, yeah. one bar, two bar, three bar. So it's yeah. normal part of it. Now... The damping software, I'm not even going to call it the mechanism, the damping software on a Triumph is particularly slow. And, you know, two minutes from empty to full is a long time, but that's the nature of the beast. It's one of the quirks of having a British motorcycle. <laughs> um, my advice to you, Ken, start drinking tea with milk and sugar and have a nice <laughs> little gin and tonic on a Friday night and... Um, Everything will be just tickety-boo, darling. Tickety-boo. <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you so much. We we have more emails. Oh, we're going to save them for next week. We are, because we've run out of time. We have, but wasn't Amy cool? No, Amy's great and very yeah. informative. Yes. You see, I never knew. But, you yes. know, she's absolutely right. Custom bikes. What a bloody minefield. Oh, yeah. Because... Basically, your dream might be valuable, but it might be absolutely worthless. And that's and, the hard thing. You know? yeah, and what it comes down to is beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And look at that and, trike. And it breaks my yeah. heart because, you know, somebody put in a huge amount of effort to that trike. Oh, yeah. And yep. the, the fact of the matter is, all of the value in that trike was just in that 392 Hemi. That's it. Yeah. 
I don't know that brass brass headlight was pretty cool. Well, you know, when you could hang that on the uh, um, on on the bedroom wall. And I never thought of this, but maybe if you're dealing with high end bikes, it's good to reach out to an appraiser before you get a listing price. Well, it sh- I think it should be. I mean, if you're dealing with anything that's valued substantially out the ordinary, and I'm not talking about selling your Africa twin with a few hundred dollars worth of no, accessories. No, because there's a lot of um, the standards already set. Right. Yeah. But. When you're dealing with a complete custom bike with just huge amount of chrome on it, huge amount of paintwork, or a completely modified engine, get it appraised just so you know what you're getting into. Or a classic. Or a classic. Because there are a lot of classics. Like, remember at SFMC how they have that Curtis hanging? Like, right. how, what's that worth? You know? Exactly. That, that right. fluctuates, it changes. And, you know, yeah. the British bike market is a perfect example. For, for a long, long time, British bikes were hugely valuable. Well, the market's softening now for the, for the, I suppose it might be the most obvious reason. The owners are getting old. It's right. as simple as that. And the, the amount of people who can actually jump up and down on the kickstart of a Norton Commando and actually get it going <laughs> are getting less and less every year. And yeah. the market's softening because of that. Yes, you can put an electric start on it, but now you need to find people who've got the wherewithal to spend three and a half, four grand on an electric start kit. Well, and that's why it's great to find out about Ottawa, Ottawa Appraisal Network. Yeah, there you go. That there you it's have nationwide. it. nationwide. And then Amy, especially with her kind of little DMV knowledge. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she likes bikes, which is quite obvious. So she, she'd be the go-to gal, I would have thought. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah she knows all the tricks. Yeah. So... I think that wraps it up. Uh, we didn't mention where everyone else is. Where are they, Lighter? They are. They've been in the Mojave, and a listener joined them. Oh, the Mojave? Yes. So uh, uh, Jim and Stumpy John and Scotty were down there. Great. And a listener, I think Guillermo, uh, showed up and joined them and had a great time. Uh, Jim said, yeah, Guillermo was really cool. Yeah, and I am looking forward to having them on the show next week and getting a rider report. All I know yeah. is that there was a rattlesnake at their campsite. Nice. And Ooh. there was firewood that they deemed was now owned by the rattlesnake, and they did not use that. <laughs> your fi- your <laughs> they said, firewood They sent me now. video of the a sidewinder crawling into the pilot. Well, it's yours now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so big thanks to everyone who, who's listened, makes it this far and who's emailed us. Keep them coming. Um, if you again, if you've had any experience dealing with foreign D, uh, DMV systems, uh, let me know. I'm really trying Look, to figure I out how to I know you're trying this. to oil out of this, Liza. No, I'm trying to understand how these systems work. Like I said, with I know everything, you better look, than Emma, that. with everything I said with the DMV here, I've always listed the right thing and done the right thing but there's a gray areas to everything and it's understanding how to navigate it because they will not always give you the the straight answers we all know this my take on that it's going to be the kind of thing that you're going to put aside and forget about (laughs) and it's going to bite you in the ass a couple of years from now that's my um, yeah, that's my gut feeling. So, if you have experience, let me know <laughs> what to expect. Um, oh, one more announcement. Yes. Uh, the t-shirts are on sale. Yay! We sold out of everything except for size extra large in the uh, the gray shirt. 
The the the, the most recent shirt. The Buy shirt. your sweet the wheelie shirt, right? Yes. Yeah. No, not the not the wheelie shirt. No, the big oh. the big wheel shirt. Uh, oh, okay. No, this is the vintage racer. Yeah, the, the racer. big gray wheel. with the light blue. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. I've got seven shirts left. That's it. Then they're all gone. Wow. So fifteen bucks. Shipping is usually about five bucks. If you are international, email me. I can ship it almost anywhere for twenty bucks. If you put it into your cart on our website, it tells you it's going to be like seventy bucks. No, I can. I've, I've shipped some out to to Australia, to England. I ship it out for about twenty bucks. So seven left. Get it while you can. I guarantee, if you buy your sweetie a motorcycles and misfit shirt, they will love you that little bit more. There you go. They have And it. then finally, big thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Who are easily the finest human beings on the face of the earth. You said it all. Go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. You'll find the link to everything there. All uh, your wildest dreams will come true. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. You ready to get out of here? I am. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Let's get out of here. This is Liza. Emma, darling. Mm, bagel. We are out. Cool, cool. cool.